Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Angela's Lifts podcast. Uh, my name is Angela. I'm a second year student at Thomas Jefferson University. I'm in the 3 plus 2 athletic training program. Um, and this podcast is just going to be talking about fitness and wellness. Um, each week I'll pick a different topic. I'll also update about my uh, current fitness. This is just kind of a way to track it and inform people. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Ange underscore lifts. Um, this is my fitness page where I'll post almost daily updates about what's going on, you know. And for this first episode, I figured I'd do more of an introduction. Um, and then later on, we're going to talk about bone health, learn about regeneration, degeneration, and how to keep your bones strong and healthy. Um, so just starting off a little bit about myself, I'm currently 19 years old. Um, I've really gotten into fitness, I'd say, past two years or so. I've been weightlifting, uh, bodybuilder style of training, but not official bodybuilder. Uh, but I've been doing some pretty serious weightlifting for the past year consistently. But before that, I've always had a love for fitness. Um, I mean, my whole life I've been involved in sports. I was always a very athletic-oriented person, always playing outside in my free time. Uh, let's see, I played soccer and softball up until middle school. Yeah, it was right around high school. I kind of realized I had to pick a specialty because I also picked up volleyball in eighth grade. And I really liked that one. I mean, it kind of combined different components <laughs> of the two sports. So I stuck with volleyball. Um, I was on the JV team. Not great, but I, I was okay. Uh, <laughs> I was an outside hitter and definitely not tall enough to stay in that position. But it's all right. No biggie. I still worked my butt off, um, earned my spot on that team. But yeah, I really, I really love this sport. I mean, the one component that I've kind of noticed more recently is although I love uh, organized sports and playing with other people, I really like independently working. Even within those sports, I would kind of zone out a bit and forget that I'm working with a team of people. And that is a very important component. But for me, I think having that pressure was great of the other people, but I'm more of a solo <laughs> fitness person. Um, shortly after, so my sophomore year, I did have a bit of a shoulder injury, unfortunately, and that pushed me back. I can no longer play volleyball, which it sucked because that was my one sport. I kind of stopped everything else. I was behind softball, soccer. There was no way I would make the school team for the next season, so... That's when I that's when I kind of ended my sports and it it sucked, um, but you know I worked through that injury. It took me a really long time to be able to be to do normal everyday tasks with my shoulder, uh, especially in my dominant arm. So that was a major setback. Uh, that's also when I really got into finding what career I wanted to go into, because with that shoulder injury I had to go to so many specialists, doctors, physical therapists, and of course the athletic trainer at school. And the athletic training office, that's that's really where I found where I wanted to be. I really liked uh, the rapid pace. I mean, the trainer was doing like a million things at once, but she wasn't just sitting there sedentary. So that that's definitely it for me. I mean, I could never do to the extreme as like an ER nurse or something, but athletic training, 
perfect ideal job. So that's what I'm going for <laughs> here at Jefferson. Um, but back to sports, after I had that setback, I really got into running. I was doing 5Ks, nothing too crazy. I mean, my times were never, never great. I mean, I think my fastest mile is like right under eight and I've never gotten any better than that. Just gone backwards. Now I just do sprints and stuff. I don't really focus on longer distances. Um, but yeah, I was doing a couple miles at a time, which I could not do now, but I was really into cardio. I thought cardio was the way to go. I was just trying to even out um, my body distribution a bit just because I was growing a lot, puberty, you know awkward distribution so in my head and I mean it's a big misconception going around is that cardio is the best way to go but we're going to talk about lifting specifically just because that is more my specialty my interest and yeah I'll dive into other forms as well because I'm trying to branch out on my own do some different things incorporate but cardio is okay uh you shouldn't just do cardio though because that can do more harm than good on your joints, cartilage, etc. And we will get into bone health with that. Um, so yes, let's see. I was running a bunch of 5Ks, running an extreme amount to the point where it wasn't really healthy for me. I was trying to burn off everything I ate. Not good. Um, so that's kind of when I discovered going to the gym and actually picking up some weights cardio machines were never really it for me. When I did run, I would run out in the neighborhood and I loved the views and everything, but I could not run on a treadmill, couldn't do an elliptical. They hurt my knees and it's because they're not good for you. I mean, they might work for some people, but for me, the impact was just too much. I think I do have some issues with that where I kind of thud way too hard. Um, so those machines, not it. And I, I started off at Planet Fitness, like <laughs> any person does. And don't get me wrong, like Planet Fitness is okay. Especially if you're starting off, go for it. It's cheap, it's reliable, it's open. Like most of them are open 24 hours, go for it. Do not be discouraged by what people say online that Planet Fitness is crap. But if you're looking for some more serious training and weightlifting, you do have to branch out a bit. I would recommend LA Fitness, that's where I go. Um, but Planet Fitness, it's okay. So at Planet Fitness, I was doing some free weights. I was learning how to squat, uh, even bench on the Smith machine, which is not ideal because, um, if you're familiar with the Smith machine, basically it's great for learners, but the only problem is that it has a very specific path for how the bar goes. And that's why the Smith machine is discouraged a lot because you can only go at a diagonal. Uh, and again, that might work for some people, but for most, we all have different femur lengths and that's evidently what affects our squat and our deadlifts. Um, and I'll get in more detail with that when we talk about lifting specifically, but I was learning those movements, kind of what I had to do, my depth, not going too hard in weight, especially with the Smith machine. I mean, it just felt awkward all the time. So I also incorporated some free weight movements. I was doing shoulder presses, uh, lawnmower, back pulls, those kinds of things. They, they do have a lot of pull downs, some good essentials that you need. You just have to learn how to adequately 
do them. Um, and the biggest piece of advice, the biggest takeaway, um, lower the weight. A lot of people are trying to ego lift. I mean, you look next to yourself, you see someone lifting 40 more pounds. You try to put it up and it starts hurting a bit. You don't want to do that. And it's not even for competition, but the reason you don't want to go up in weight is because when you start weightlifting, the biggest thing you're trying to look out for is the mind-muscle connection. And that does take a long time to get to. And you also see some like newbie gains is what they call it for the first like six to nine months, I'd say. Uh, you see rapid progress. You're hitting PRs almost every week in every movement. And that's because when you're starting off, you're not building muscle, but you're training your nervous system to be able to react and push the weight for whatever movement you're doing. But anyway, lower the weight, really focus on it. Um, some practice I do when I'm warming up, especially for a deadlift, I'll lift just the bar, which is 45 pounds. And that's fine to practice with that. But I do lift heavier with deadlift. So I'll start with just the bar and I pretend like it's a really heavy weight. I almost do my own resistance. So it feels like I have a plate on there. But in reality, it's just the 45, which I could easily pick up with two hands. So it's really important to focus on that connection. Um, so for example, if you're doing lap pull downs, this might be a harder one for beginners to feel, but I'm still gonna use it as an example especially for those people that are more advanced. When you're doing the lat pull downs, a big thing people might do is lean back too far. Um, and that can be bad because it might target your triceps instead, but you really want to feel it in your lats, which is a bit under your armpit and then to your back. Um, and then some people can do a lat spread and push it out. That's where you really see your lats. It looks like wings almost. But when you're doing the lat pull downs, you should be feeling it there. If you don't feel it in the right spot, then your angling is probably wrong. And the angling can be slightly different for everyone depending on their shape. Um, so it's really important to have a gym buddy, especially someone who's more experienced with the movements, so they can tell you exactly where you should be feeling uh, whatever movement you're working on. So if it is lat pull down, you can have your buddy just like gently tap where the lats are so then you can really concentrate on using the muscles there rather than either pulling with your shoulders or your triceps or whatever. Um, another example, especially good for a beginner, is feeling it in your bicep. We all know how to do a quick bicep flex, show off, <laughs> show off your guns. Um, but for, for that connection, that one's easier since we're all kind of used to it. It's a muscle we're like constantly using in our everyday life. Uh, let's say you're doing some bicep curls. You want to not be using your shoulder at all. Your elbow should be almost stuck to your side because you don't want to be moving it at all. Some people, there's actually um, a padded sit-down area. You've probably seen people do it where you curl the bar down, pull it up. And some people prefer that, or you can do it with free weights. But you want to be feeling it right in your bicep. If you feel it anywhere else, there might be an issue there. Now, don't get me wrong, some movements, they do target multiple muscles, but I like to keep them as separate as possible. Um, so going back to Planet Fitness, I was really focusing, I would say more so muscular endurance. I mean, I was trying to do muscular strength, 
And the difference between those is that with muscular strength, you're doing like uh, high weight, low reps, and that's really trying to build muscle. You have to watch your diet more with that. And then with muscular endurance, if you're looking to get more so toned and be able to use your muscles for a long time, that one's kind of not as practical, but if you're in sports, uh, you need muscular endurance for running long distances or even swimming, I'd say. But then if you're a sprinter, you would need muscular strength in your thighs to be able to do that quick burst. Muscular strength is all about short amount of time using um, creatine in your muscles to be able to push it. And yes, we all make creatine, but you can take some as a supplement, but that will be a completely different episode. I'll get into supplements and all that. All right, moving forward a little bit. So I was consistently going to Planet Fitness. I would do a little bit of cardio, did some abs, stretching regardless. But again, training more, that endurance, I would say I was doing like 12 to 15 reps. Um, where so strength, you're doing like 8 to 10, 6 to 8, just depends on what movement you're doing. And moving forward, I had a lot of big things coming up. I was graduating. This was around springtime, so, you know, senior week, all that stuff. The gym and fitness wasn't really my priority. I would do it when I had some free time. It really helped to clear my head when I needed it, but it wasn't the first thing I was trying to do every day, you know. I, I had some more important things. But when I went away to school which <laughs> I should say lightly on the away. I only live about like 20, 25 minutes away. But regardless, when I did go to school in August, end of August, that's when I really got serious about weightlifting because that time that I had there was my happy time. I really love going to the gym and that's when I stuck with a plan. I came up with a split, which I, I have been changing a bit since then I mean I've been doing the same one for about six months or so but I I do adjust it occasionally it's not good to and if you're wondering split is another word for a workout routine or a plan it's just some gym lingo <laughs> but I I commonly refer to it as a split but I forget not everyone uses that or hears that so here we are 18 year old Angela in a new gym much smaller than the gym I'm used to at Planet Fitness. There's all these squat racks, very intimidating. I don't know what to do. I've seen this all before, but I've never adventured out on my own. I have a cousin who's really into weightlifting, some like extreme weightlifting. And I went to him for help. I tried to learn how to deadlift. I watched a ton of videos because I know how dangerous it can be to deadlift if you don't know what you're doing. So I'm at the squat rack. I think it was like one of the first days I was there. I was like, this is my time to deadlift. They actually had platforms at the time. The gym has been renovated since then, but they had platforms for deadlifting specifically. And, you know, I put the bar out. I record myself doing it. I do send it to my cousin. I watch it back to see how I look. And looking back at it now, I was I was really proud because he was like, oh, it's okay, but you can definitely use some help. Like, we should go to the gym together. But regardless, I was proud because I've never deadlifted a day in my life. And after one or two sessions, I was already at a plate, which is 135. So I was super happy. 
proud in my video. I'm pretty sure I posted it on my Instagram story, trying to show, oh, hey, I'm this big, this big buff girl. I can lift a plate now. <laughs> and it, it's funny looking back because I'm so robotic in my movement. And I'm focusing more on the hinge and I guess putting more pressure on my back. I don't remember how it felt when really when you're deadlifting, you're supposed to be pushing off the ground. Um, <laughs> and I do with this podcast, I do want to get into specific movements. Maybe I'll do an episode on squat, deadlift and bench just because those are like the fundamental movements, uh, the ones that bodybuilders usually track or powerlifters actually compete with. So those are some big ones, just indications of your strength. Some are more useful than others, but I do like to talk about them because, again, it is a good way to track your strength and how you're improving or decreasing, whatever is going on. Um, so I get the deadlift down. Not good, but at the time, I'm really proud of it. And then I start to do squat which I was used to a Smith machine and they do have a Smith machine at the Jefferson gym, but I wanted to try with a free bar. My cousin was saying like, you really need to get off the Smith machine. It's stopping your gains. <laughs> As he said it, your gains. So I venture over, I set up um, the safeties to make sure I can catch it if I fall. I fell pretty easily, or was off balance at least. Not like a dramatic fall, no. I, I was fine, but <laughs> it it was not great. It is so different going from a Smith machine to a free bar. And I'm currently helping someone out at the gym, kind of training them a little bit. They had the same experience as me because you're holding this bar, which is about like six feet tall, I'd say at least, like standing it up, it's huge. And you're not used to the physics of it, which I do not know a thing about physics, but it's completely different when you have weight further away from you. It's harder than when it's closer together. Um, so if you have, like, some gyms have those bars with, like, the weight already on it. They're much smaller. Sometimes I use those for movements, but it's definitely much easier if I were to use those than a regular bar that's the same weight with it distributed differently. Um, but regardless, I'm trying to learn how to squat. I can't figure out how to hold it on my back. That's a whole nother thing that I've struggled with, but I try to do it frustrated. I can't get the weight up. I think I even went back to the Smith machine just to feel it in my legs, but I didn't give up. And that's the important thing is you can't give up so easily. It's a learning process for everyone. Don't be afraid to reach out for help. If you're scared to do that, um, or if you don't know anyone that goes to the gym regularly, I would record a video of yourself doing the movement and compare it to a professional or someone that's certified. There's tons of videos on YouTube, anything, that show you what you're supposed to do. But another thing is to take it lightly. Don't try to exactly movement, because let's say you're watching a video of a six-foot guy and you're a 5'2 female. There's different fundamentals of squatting and your femur position might be different like if you have longer legs than a torso like me for example you actually have to lean more forward during a squat and I wish I knew that because I would feel myself get frustrated I wasn't lined up a perfect like 90 degree angle when I went down um, but I've kind of learned over the time that it's more important to feel it in the right spot than trying to mirror someone exactly 
obviously you want to make sure you're getting enough depth in the squat, uh, that you're holding it correctly depending on the type of squat that you're doing. But the most important component is that you're feeling it in your quads, you're not having any back pain, your heels don't hurt, your knees don't hurt, you have to make sure they're aligned correctly, shoulder width apart, maybe your feet are pointed slightly out, that's okay. They all target different things. So once you get a better feeling and understanding for what you're doing, that will help you with your fitness goals. All right, so the last big thing that I branched out to do was benching. I was under the impression that I was pretty good at benching because using a Smith machine, it's much easier. And for example, like I always see videos on the internet of people with a empty bar or Smith machine able to throw it up in the air and clap. Like the way it moves is much easier, not as much force. Gravity isn't the same. So obviously it's going to be a bit easier. It might be harder with the weird angle of the Smith machine, but it's overall easier. The weight is not the same because you don't have to balance it as well. Luckily, this gym, the squat racks that they had at the time, you were able to put the safeties low enough. So I was able to put it so once I got to the bottom of the movement, like the bar was right above my chest, that's where I set it so I could easily drop the bar. And it was good I did that because I was lifting alone, which you should try to avoid as much as possible, especially with the fundamental movements. You really need someone there for you benching because you can, you can seriously get hurt and you don't want to do that. You don't want to have the awkwardness of a random person coming to help you with the bar just because you don't have a spot. And that's happened to me countless number of times, and I've definitely learned my lesson. But anyway, I was trying to bench. I don't even think I could get the bar up the first time, or it was really hard. Another thing, though, I didn't give up. And now I'm almost triple what I started with, and that's because I learned how to bench learn how to properly use my nervous system to be able to push it up and how to balance it. Balancing is probably the hardest thing, especially if you're on the smaller size, just because the bar is so big in length, it's hard to make sure it's not tilting side to side and <laughs> teaching someone to bench too. Like the same thing happened where it kind of goes down because you're weaker in your non-dominant arm sometimes you have to compensate for that as well but I did all the movements I was used to doing at Planet Fitness a bit frustrated with my results didn't give up I was back in the gym the next day I decided to come up with a split it wasn't a great split but I wanted to alternate the muscles that I was using so I didn't get sore so I think I did the Arnold split that's what it's known as which is push pull legs and I don't I honestly, I don't remember how many days a week I worked out. It might have been four. I know it wasn't too many, but I would do push-pull legs, rest day. I think, actually, that's what I would do. I would do push-pull legs, rest day, maybe start again, do a rest day, or like do a couple rest days in a row, even between each gym day, which isn't ideal, but that's what I did at the time. That's all I was able to do, like, time-wise. Um... But it worked better than nothing. I was still coming back to the gym. I was trying to make sure I was eating enough food to be able to push me through my workouts. And it all worked out. I mean, for where I am today, I got more influence about the gym, what I should be doing, recommendations, 
and that's when I eventually pushed away from push-pull legs, which I did not explain what that is. Basically, push day, you're doing a bunch of movements, primarily upper body, where you're focusing on, like, literally pushing movements. So that would be your triceps. Like, imagine you're doing a push-up. So it would be your chest, your triceps, um... I'm struggling to think of the rest, but anything that's like a pushing movement rather than pulling the weight towards you. And then on a pull day, you would deadlift, um, you would do biceps. Oh, and you would also, you would do back as well. Yeah, like pulling the weight down, not pull downs, that kind of stuff. And it was kind of hard. Like I would have to Google the workouts constantly because I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't understand what push pull meant. And then leg day too. I think I did like squats, sled press. I don't even know. I <laughs> I would just look up stuff, kind of alternate it every time, but keep things kind of the same. And then I would say about a month in or so, I started tracking on my notes app on my phone, which I still do to this day, just because it's really convenient. I always have my phone with me if I'm listening to music. So I've been tracking it on then since since then i'd say probably like september october maybe of uh 2021 so i'm tracking all these workouts i'm improving crazily in my head i'm like holy crap i'm gaining all this muscle like i'm gonna look like a man all this stuff i was just getting really worried about how much muscle i was putting on when in reality i wasn't really gaining any muscle again it's your newbie gains where you see a lot of strengthening, but it's just because of your nervous system. Like you're shocking it and it has to compensate to be able to do that movement. So it learns how to do it and you're able to push more and more. So that was happening. Uh, new school year, first time at college. I was also going home every weekend. And then in December, I believe it was during winter break, I signed up for LA Fitness. This was a big game changer. And also uh, during uh, winter break is when they redid the gym here at Jefferson, which overall positive, but whatever. They, they got rid of some things that I'm a little disappointed about. But anyway, I signed up for LA Fitness. They have a legit gym. They have a grass area. It was called East Florida at the time. I don't know. They like bought it out, but then it went back to LA Fitness. They have a grass area, they have all these machines I'm used to, but again, I wasn't a big machine person when I switched to free weights. The free weights section was huge compared to Planet Fitness. Uh, the weights went up to like 120, 130. Not that I would be using them, but you know a place is legit when they have that. And then my favorite part is that all the cardio machines were on a second level that wrapped around the gym. Kind of creepy because you can see the people running up there while you're trying to work out and they can watch you but I liked it because my biggest pet peeve was all the cardio people in my way like literally sweating and doesn't smell good I don't I don't want cardio near me no offense but like if I'm gonna do cardio I'll go up there I'll be happy no one can watch me when I'm up there <laughs> but LA Fitness loved it I got an evaluation um, from one of my friends from school he worked there and he really knew what he was doing lifting-wise, so he helped me check my form and everything. And I was, I was really improving. Again, still hitting those PRs all the time, and I felt on top of the world with it. 
um, I'd say around that time, maybe it was January, I honestly think it's when I got um, an Amazon gift card from Christmas, so it probably was like January. I bought some creatine because I wanted to try it out. Um, it helps with water retention, muscle gain, so I was like, let's do it, because I think that's when I started Plateau with the newbie gains, so I got it, wanted to try it out. Um, just a very small amount. I think I was having like five grams, three grams a day when a lot of people have like 12, 15 grams or will be in their pre-workout. Um, but I was starting to take some pre-workout, give me more energy, be able to push more and then creatine as well. Um, the one thing I did notice, I did look a bit puffier, like chubbier. I only used it for about a month because you retain so much water. Um, and a really important thing for people who use creatine is to make sure you have enough water and you can look into that um, depending on your weight, how much water you need. Just Google it. They'll have the answer that you need. But anyway, I start taking things more seriously. Um, I'm taking creatine, which is actually a natural substance that we make in our body. And creatine is used as an energy source. Uh, for about 10 seconds when you're doing a really intense movement. So that's commonly used, like it can be used in your fight or flight reflex, something like that. But if you're weightlifting per se, you have about 10 seconds before another energy source is used. So if you take creatine, then your body has more to be able to push for that force. So you just have to make sure that you're having enough water and that's okay. And you will see more muscle growth ultimately just because you have more creatine in your bloodstream and you're able to just push a bit more for that time frame. So it is a helpful tool. Um, there's some negative misconceptions about it, but as long, again, as you're having enough water because you don't want to have liver issues, I would say go for it. But only go for it if you're consistent. You don't want to be taking creatine if you're not very active because then you just have it free-floating. You don't want to cause additional issues, basically, like breaking it down. So if you're really consistent about the gym, you want to get into weightlifting, I'd say wait a couple months and then go for it. Uh, make sure it's creatine monohydrate, though, because the other forms have some additives and such, and you just want uh, what's most natural to be putting in your body not necessary. You can totally not use it. Um, some people use it all the time, but again, I, I don't want to have any side effects from it. So I tried it for a month. I was able to hit some PRs. So I'm like, this is awesome, but let's, let's take off it for a bit. And another thing to know is that my pre-workout had a small amount of creatine. I think it was like 2.5 grams. So that's about half of what I was taking. So regardless, I was still having a bit of creatine extra creatine in my system with my pre-workout, but I wasn't taking that additional uh, five grams. So I keep going with it regardless of what's going on. I was making time for the gym. I was going late at night. Uh, then I would go to the dining hall after, eat a bunch of food. It was unlimited. So why not? And I kind of got into a nice routine. I mean, my classes didn't go too late last year, which was nice. So I had a bunch of time to be able to do what I wanted to do and again that was my time just kind of to decompress um, and at that time I didn't have a lot of people that were pushing me 
I had a lot of fitness friends and weightlifters specifically. So we would all send like pictures to each other, doing different poses, flexes, and compare it and just hold each other accountable basically for our progress and all that stuff. And it was, it was nice, a nice little discourse community. Cause I, again, I didn't really know anyone in the gym. Um, I ended the semester beginning of May, I think end of April actually. And that's when I started going to LA Fitness consistently. I definitely saw a huge increase in my gains going to that gym just because there was so much more. There was some really cool machines there, like this incline uh, chest press, and they had a decline chest press, just like all this cool stuff that I really, I really liked what it targeted. Um, so going to that gym a lot, I was making sure to go about five days a week. This is also when I switched up my split a little bit. Um, I did continue to adjust it even from then, but around that time, I was doing like one or two muscle movements a day. One day I would do deadlift. I think I was doing like back and bicep, uh, chest and tricep. Sorry, I'm, I'm struggling to remember. I had a leg day, I had a cardio day, and I did abs as well for that. Um, and I think I did like shoulders with one of those. I still wasn't going as much as I am now. Um, another big milestone though, so at this point, I think my bench PR was 95. And I hit this with, um, I think they were rubber plates, which they, they feel a bit lighter just because of the mass distribution. Um, but I hit 95 no spot. I probably could have gotten higher, but again, I didn't have a spot, but whatever. I hit 95 also around this time. I had a bit of a setback and I was really disappointed because I made all this progress. Uh, taking the creatine and then I kind of saw a reversal in all the progress I made because um, I started having low iron issues because I wasn't eating meat as much at school. Um, I was donating blood consistently. Not great, especially for someone who's very active, constantly needing blood to repair tissues and such. Not great. So I was kind of bound for it to happen, but I, I was uh, clueless at the time because I never really had issues with iron, but I had a lot of fatigue. Going to the gym was hard. Um, eventually one day I just, I had to go to the ER because of how bad it was and they tested my levels. They weren't extreme, like they weren't anemia, but they, they were low. They were low. And I was having much of side effects because of that. So I started taking iron supplements, but I wasn't allowed to work out for a couple weeks. I couldn't even drive for a couple of days just because of how out of it I was. I was lightheaded, felt horrible. And the thing I missed the most was the gym because, you know, that was my routine. It was fun. Um, but after that little setback, I slowly got into it. Um, I was happy I just hit a PR, but was I knew I wasn't going to hit one anytime soon. I had to get back into the swing of things. I didn't want to injure myself. I didn't want to pass out. So I was consistent, but going lighter. And once I did this for about a month or two, I started feeling strong again, felt my strength coming back. I kept going for it. And this was around the time I hit my deadlift PR, which is still the highest one to this day. But <laughs> the video of it is atrocious. Like, I'm not proud. The number is great. I could probably hit it again if I really wanted to. But I, I don't want to injure myself because again, deadlift, Deadlift can be harmful if 
you go to extreme measures and your body can't handle it. So I'm trying to slowly work my way up to hit another PR. But basically, I did it on my birthday. Uh, had a bunch of caffeine, <laughs> adrenaline pumping. I was like, I, I have to make this. I had a bunch of anger pent up. I don't know why. But caffeine, anger, you know it's going to be a good lift session. I hit 275. And it was funny because I hit a PR before that. It was like 245. Yeah, I hit 245, got it up easy. And I'm like, let's just go for it. Let's put two plates on and then 25s. You know what? Like, this this is be my 19th birthday present. I end up hitting it pretty rough. But I got it up. I had to do the little, like... (laughs) toe extension to get it up so I don't I don't really know if it counts fully but I I still I fully locked out I got it there so that's that's my PR um more recently I've been able to do 245 for one and I'm not struggling getting it up all the way so I can go up I might be able to hit 275 again but I don't want to hurt myself I remember I felt like kind of crappy after doing that like my hands were shaky Um, It's also important to note that I do use a belt and straps, which enhance how much you can lift. Like, without straps, I think I can only do 205 because my grip strength is not great. And I'm trying to work on that. But newbies, don't get too discouraged uh, having trouble getting that weight up because it is hard when you don't have that external help, which I I do rely on for the heavier weights only. Um, But I hit this PR. It's a big big accomplishment I'm very proud I like I I don't know if I posted it but I like show it off to everyone very happy birthday gift I can be like yo I just lifted two times my body weight it was two times my body weight at the time um but I I hit it on my birthday all is well I keep going don't go nearly as heavy with the deadlifting I think I was doing two plates 225 um I'm not even sure if it was for reps, maybe even one, but back at LA Fitness, things are great, right? Well, (laughs) I think I I fell out of it a bit. Um, I was struggling to really put the gym first. You know, a lot of stuff going on. I had other commitments. I want to hang out with people. I'm home. I'm done college for for the semester. Not done college, but you know what I mean. Semester's over. I want to have fun womp womp the gym (laughs) I I didn't completely fall out of it but I don't think I was making much progress at that time and then I was getting pissed off because I'm like I just hit all these PRs what's going on I tried doing squat PRs rough 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 squat is my weakest movement by far but I'm working on it um yeah and I need I was I was dating someone, seeing someone, and he was really pushing me to gym and helping me, and I think him helping me just kind of, like, encouraged me to be as consistent. I had someone to hold me accountable. I really liked how the gym made me feel, and we would work out together, so I'm like, it's a win-win. I'm going to go back to doing six days a week. Um, and that brings us to our current split, which I will read off briefly but I I do want to do a separate episode just on creating a fitness program um yeah I I love I love helping people and creating that 
So this is my current split, which I created beginning of summer, late spring, whatever you want to call it. Monday is deadlift day. I also work glutes that day, but primarily deadlift and glutes. That's what I call it. Uh, deadlift takes about like 30, 45 minutes, depending on how heavy I go on deadlift, depends on how much I do for glutes. Um, there's like a glute kickback machine that's at one gym, but not the other. So I'll do that. I used to do Bulgarians, but I would not do them right. They weren't really benefiting me, not for me. So I, I switched to doing a single leg leg press, uh, which targets, it's like the same thing as doing Bulgarian, just a little bit easier. So you have to go higher in weights with that. Um, so that's my deadlift and glutes day. Then Tuesday, back and try, uh, tries up. <laughs> But back, you, you alternate. Another important thing, which I'll we'll get to on the splits, is like you alternate a back movement and then a tricep movement, then a back, then a tricep. I try to do like three of each. Um, so that's my Tuesdays. Wednesday, I do just delts. And delts are very important to me with my shoulder injury that I don't want to hurt it. I want to make sure I'm strengthening the area around so I can help with the tendonitis that I have. And it, it has increased not the tendonitis, my strength has increased in my shoulder, so there's less pain with that. Sorry, I said that completely backwards. Um, but Thursday, we have our quad or leg day. I like to differentiate and call it quad just because it's more quad focused rather than the hamstrings or like the other posterior muscles. Um, so on quad day, that's when I do my squats. Again, that's the major movement. So it takes me a bit to do squats. You never want to rush it. Um, but then after that, I, I'll i do like the sled leg press. That's another big one. And then some like little things with legs. Maybe I'll finish with like on the bike or something. But not too crazy. I'll do leg extension as well. Um, Fridays, that's usually my favorite day because hey, it's Friday. And uh, I do feel kind of like a badass on Fridays because that's my chest and bicep day. And chest day, I usually will wear, like, <laughs> those dude cutoff tees, um, then put on, like, some cool design sports bra underneath so that shows through. And then I have, like, a rib tattoo so you can see that. But that chest and bicep day on Friday, I usually get pretty big pump from doing that. So my muscles will look huge. I feel great, feel strong. It's awesome. Um, I do bench. That's my primary movement. It takes me about half of the session. Uh, then I do biceps, so then I'll alternate with the chest and bicep. And then Saturday, that's kind of the hated day. I work most Saturdays. And the last thing I want to do is do cardio because I don't like cardio. <laughs> I, I like cardio and sometimes, but like not fun cardio is what I put on my split. Um, so Saturday, I do sprints. Uh, there's a track by my apartment this year, so I like to run on the track. But if not, I'll run around the neighborhood. I avoid uh, the treadmill at all costs, and the gym's usually closed by that time anyway, so whatever. But I, I get out, do sprints rather than jogging, or maybe I'll alternate, but I try to get a good amount, about an hour or so, like total of either walking, sprinting combined. Um, and I used to do core on Saturdays. I, I'm supposed to be doing core, that's what I should be saying, but core sucks, to be honest. I don't really like core so maybe I might separate it but I do want to have like a complete rest day that's why I add core to Saturdays 
Um, but I'm trying to get back into that. I mean, core, you, I only spend like 15 minutes, but it is important just cause it's, um, fundamental for all your big movements. Um, you don't need to spend that much time on, on core though, but that's what my current split is. Uh, the exercises are all the same and I'll share those on another podcast, but it's really important that you are consistent and rather than changing the exercise, you change the intensity of it. So like some weeks you might be doing the same amount of reps, the same amount of sets or close to, um, next week you might have a good burst of energy or feel maybe you had a big pasta dinner the night before, <laughs> whatever the reasoning is, uh, you're able to hit more. Don't stop at your number. If you're supposed to do eight to 10 reps, go for 12, go for 15, whatever you can hit with the weight go up five pounds. Um, you want to go until failure, but not to injury and failure should be around your, uh, rep range. So that's what you want to be working towards. Um, but I, I made a split that worked for me. I really was consistent with it. I started taking creatine again in August, again, just for the month. I think I took a little bit more. So I was doing like nine grams cause it wasn't in my pre-workout. Um, felt a bit stronger, but I was having a lot of like the weight gain side effects from all the water weight. So I didn't do it for more than a month, especially that was bold of me to do the end of summer. Still wearing bikinis, but it's all right. I was able to lift a little bit more. Um, and in my personal experience, it's better to do it for short spurts of time, probably more consistent than me just like doing it randomly throughout the year. But um, short sports of time is better than being on it all the time. Um, again, just cause it's harder for your liver to process if you don't have enough water in you and it can be hard to drink a lot of water. Let's be honest. You always hear, Oh, you got to drink this much. I try, I really try, but I, I don't hit that every day and that's okay, but you really want to try to, and you have to be careful, um, if you're taking different supplements. And these are all, these are all taken orally. Uh, I mean, creatine's naturally found in your body. I do not approve of steroid use, injecting it inside of you. Not great. A lot of heart issues. I mean, people do it for the sport, whatever you do, you I'm not going to give you any judgment, but I do not condone that at all. Creatine is naturally made in your body. I just want to clarify. It's not steroids. I'm not a Reuter. <laughs> Many females aren't, but just saying. Wanted to make that uh, differentiation. All right, so that that pretty much brings us to current time. I mean, end of the summer, I was getting a stronger pre-workout, really hitting it hard. You don't want to rely on pre-workout or get too like addicted to it just because the caffeine content's really high. Um, so I'll use it at different times. Like currently I use it maybe like half a scoop or something, but to feel the full effects with like the beta alanine and everything, you do, you do want to take breaks from it. Um, but yeah, I mean a big, big milestone that I wanted to mention was September. That was the first month I'm pretty sure ever where I did not take any extra skip days. I didn't miss a workout. So it was just... I think it was, I don't know how many days are in September. That's, that's really embarrassing. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. There's 30. That, that's what I thought. I don't want, I don't want to be wrong, but 
30 days, four weeks. I just had the Sundays, so I worked out 26 days. Like, that's crazy. That's a lot. And each one's at least an hour or so. Like, I'm really proud of that. Um, I hope to keep that up. I know it's not always realistic. I can't be too hard on myself if I have to take a day off. If I'm not feeling great, you know, listen to your body. But the most important thing was that I got to the gym even if I wasn't feeling great, I was crampy, you know, out of it, tired, whatever. I got to the gym. I did something. It didn't have to be a full day. I didn't have to do it exactly as planned, but I still got out there. And that's what's important. Getting your body moving. You don't want to just sit around. That's when you have that muscle degeneration regardless. Um, so September was a really big month for me. Um, I also hit a bench PR of 115 my my big goal the ideal goal is to hit a plate of 135 so hopefully I'll be there beginning of next year I think I don't know benching is a slow process for me um but I hit that PR squat hasn't really changed I mean it's been at like 185 I feel a new one coming soon though because I was able to do like two or three reps of 185 multiple times so I I got it I just don't I don't really like squatting to be honest (laughs) um my legs are more of my weak point, but I, I've been focusing more on my legs. Um, so currently my physique, it has changed a little bit. I've put on some weight just because I've been increasing how much food I've been eating, which it's a good thing. I put on some lean muscle, um, a little extra fat, but it's fine. Makes me stronger. <laughs> I'm, I'm still in the healthy range. Um, I mean, I'm really happy with how my muscle looks, so all good, no problems there, but I, I am about like 10 pounds heavier or so just because I've increased how much protein I'm eating by like a huge amount. So I have that going for me. Um, and that's me currently. So that was just my fitness journey. I'm really excited to see where it takes me. I don't know if I would ever compete in a bodybuilding competition, but it's definitely something I feel like I could do um, in a couple years. You need that like muscle maturity. Unfortunately, I can't just go into it. I don't have that much experience in the world of fitness, but I love learning new things. Like I'm reading a book about uh, the mechanics of exercise. It's just very fascinating to me. So yeah, there's that. And then the next thing I wanted to get into for the last, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, don't want to make it crazy long. Don't want to bore you guys. <laughs> um, but I did want to talk about bones. Um, and I actually just did some like extra readings and learnings about bones in general. And it really piqued my interest because, I mean, you've always heard people say like, oh, when you get older, your bones are going to break down. They'll become brittle. Drink your milk. You don't want brittle bones. But why is that? I mean, I I never really knew why until, you know, learned about it in anatomy, took a deep dive. I even watched additional videos because I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty fascinating. I mean, our body does everything for a reason. Um, So basically, deep in your bones, you have four types of cells, four or five, whatever you want to call it. But the main ones we're going to be focusing on are osteoblasts and osteoclasts. Um, they're different in what they do and where they are, but they're both very important for bones. Um, so we're going to be talking about what they do and then also a little bit about calcium. Um, so your bones, they're made up of 
two types of tissue. You have like your spongy bone tissue and your compact bone. Um, compact meaning like you're harder, which makes sense from the name. So that's on your outside, um, more for support when then you have your spongy bone, which is on the inside and it almost looks, it's like lattice work. It kind of looks like a sponge, like those natural sponges or like a loofah. Um, it looks like that with the lattice work. And that can be found in areas where more movements needed. So like if you've ever seen what your femur looks like, it has this like crazy head sticking out and that's where it inserts in the hip, um, the head of the femur. And that is spongy bone because your hip does different movements rather than just going forward and backwards, flexion and extension. Um, it goes side to side, adduction, abduction. You've probably heard those terms, but regardless, you need that spongy bone in order to do these different things. So um, you have your spongy bone and that's where you have your blood vessels going through. Another important thing for that last work, it's lightweight. You don't want to have heavy bones um, and blood vessels can go through. Great more bone uh, generation. You need that to keep your bone cells living. And the bone cells are called osteons, by the way. Um, so you have all this going for you. There's a lot more I could get to in the bone, but I don't want to bore you. Um, but the most important thing to know is how to keep your bone strong. So something I learned I had no clue about is that every five to 10 years, I mean, it depends on your age during like adolescence. And uh, when you're a baby, it's much faster. But let's say you're about college age, your bones regenerate every five to 10 years, completely regenerate. Your bones are not the same bones that were in your body before. And it's not like, oh, 10 years has passed. Let me shed a new bone. <laughs> That's not how it works. It's over that time. You're slowly um, building and breaking down bone to create new ones. And you actually, you hit your peak bone strength when you're about 30. So if you're a college student listening in, it's most important to get into weightlifting or doing some sort of weight bearing activity on your bones at this age um, because they're going to regenerate. And I'm going to explain in a minute that's you want to do that now before it's too late. Um, so basically, this regeneration works with the, the two the cells I mentioned, the osteoblast build, remember B build, and then the osteoclast, they break down. I remember it was like class, almost sounds like clash. So your class are breaking down bone, like the old bone cells, they're trying to make, they're trying to make new ones. Um, so it's like slowly doing this. It's not drastic. You're not going to have a break in your bone, but it will uh, break down those cells, and then your blasts are the ones that are generating new ones. So it uses your existing bone as framework, and these other cells, which I didn't mention, osteocytes, are the mature form of these blasts. And basically, when a blast is building so much, it kind of traps itself within the bone. Um, yeah, it gets stuck. It, it matures into this site where it's actually going to be more of a receptor, so it senses pressure, um, is able to send signals to the blast to be like, hey, there's pressure going on here. We need to adapt to that. Let's build some more. So you have that going on every time you're having that pressure. Uh, so for example, if you're doing weight-bearing activities or ones that use a lot of uh, strength, pressure on the bones, it, it could even be like playing a sport like tennis, serving, 
uh, volleyball serving, some repetitive motion, your bones need to adapt. Your body is all about maintaining homeostasis and being able to adapt to the environment that it's around. So when it comes to fitness and your bones, your bones don't want to break. More work for them, not, not good. So they're going to adapt to it and those osteoblasts are going to build more bone in the area. Um, and once you get older, like past uh, puberty, your bones actually widen. They're not lengthening. You're not going to get taller by working out, um, but they will, they will widen and be thicker, stronger. So you want that. Um, let's say you're not an active person. Your bones will ultimately be weaker. I mean, another important thing is your calcium. Um, but weight bearing is the best thing you can do. It doesn't have to be weightlifting. Um, that is the easiest way though, I'd say, but something that puts pressure, like if you've run, your legs will be stronger just because of your own body weight, weight bearing. All right. So when it comes to your calcium, calcium's really important, um, for your bone strength because your bones contain calcium within them. And let's say your body needs more calcium. There's not enough calcium, um, in your bloodstream and calcium is actually important, um, for sending neuron signals. Um, and since you're doing that nonstop, it's not like you can limit, uh, what's your body uses calcium for. So you're always going to need calcium. If you're not consuming enough calcium rich foods, like let's say you can't have dairy, um, and you're not getting it through other forms, you're not getting it through your leafy greens, regardless of what the concern is. If you're not getting enough calcium, your body, those clasts, even though they're constantly breaking down bone um, to make it better, getting rid of those old cells, your clasts will break down specifically to get that calcium, to put it in your bloodstream. And obviously you don't want that because that's more than normal. It's breaking down more than normal. Your bones will be weaker. So it's really important to get that calcium. And on top of that, it's actually really important um, to make sure you're having enough vitamin D, which you can get from the sunlight. So if you're in an area where there's not as much sun or maybe it's colder, you're not outside as much, um, I would look into focusing on foods that have vitamin D or even taking a supplement in like winter times and such just because vitamin D is really important for a bunch of things but specifically with calcium absorption which ultimately leads to your bone strength Um, and some foods that are high in vitamin D is fish basically fish some some um, dairy products are fortified with vitamin D to help with that uh, calcium absorption but just take a look at your food packaging or whatever you're eating, but go for fish if you're looking for that vitamin D rather than having to take a pill. It's better to get it from its natural source anyway. Um, so you're doing all this. You want to get strong bones. Why? Uh, I mentioned earlier you have that peak when you're about 30 or so. So something important to note is once you reach that peak, you're not going to get stronger. Even if you keep putting on uh, these weight-bearing activities, when you reach your peak, um, you can try to stay as consistent to that as possible, but you can't get any stronger. Your bones aren't going to keep widening. So it's important that you are very strong. Not very strong. Sorry for the wording. But it's important that you put a lot of pressure on your bones um, when you're younger just so you can help yourself out later.
because when you do get older, you are at a higher risk for osteoporosis, especially females um, after menopause. And the reason for this is, um, I talked about those cells earlier, your class and your blast. Um, your class are more active than your blast. So you have more class cells breaking down that bone, but it's not getting regenerated to the same degree. And then your blasts are going off of your existing framework. That's why it's important to have that strong framework when you reach your peak. So your blasts know how to create the bone. But again, you don't, you don't have enough of those cells as you age. It's just a part of the aging process, unfortunately. Um, that's why you might hear like when you're older, your bones are more brittle. Uh, you're at a greater risk for breaking bones if you have falls and such. All right. So that, that concludes my anatomy lesson, but I just thought that was something interesting to share because it's really important to understand how our bones work, even at, um, just a slight level, just have some understanding. So we know how to take care of them just because if you, if you're hearing this advice, but you don't really understand why you're not as likely to use it. So make sure you're doing those weight bearing activities. Want you to be strong later in life. Um, and overall that kind of wraps up everything. I hope you enjoyed listening about my fitness journey. Um, I promise the next episodes, they won't be so talking about myself, but I'll be able to help advise more, explain more about different components of fitness. Maybe I'll look into new ones, try some stuff out, talk about nutrition, sleep, all the important things. And of course, mental health as well. You can't neglect that. Um, just because I really like fitness doesn't mean mental health isn't important. Um, it's definitely something I struggled with and had to focus a lot more on recent times. So there's all these different components of fitness and wellness um, to be able to live your best life, take care of yourself. And everyone has their own likes, dislikes, interests, regardless. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to live a healthy lifestyle, especially with the largest uh, cause of death in the U.S. being heart disease. So thank you, everyone that tuned in. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me on my fitness page and underscore lifts. Um, I'm happy to help anyone who's looking to get into a fit lifestyle, especially weightlifting. I love writing splits for people. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, and I will see you guys next week.